Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 200 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Spy X Family and Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 95 through 97, where international espionage requires you to make a fake family and Yusuke is filled with too much angst to go to school. Too much angst. Too much angst to go to school. Too much angst. Too much angst to go to school. I don't know why that is what appeared inside of my head when I read that. Yeah. But all I could think about <laughs> was just like, it, it feels it feels like something dumb that they would sing inside of an Andy Samberg movie or television show. And it just, yeah. I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and that's what, that's what happened. That's our new, that's our new theme song. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's jump in. I'm like genuinely worried that Rashad will like put that to music. <laughs> <laughs> and by genuinely worried about it, he means please God turn it into a me- <laughs> like a song. Um, the man has a job. He's too busy. Yeah. Hey, uh, we have some news for the week and yeah, it's we a do. pretty big fucking piece of news. Somebody shared it on her discord. Uh, it's, it was wonder lump from the yeah, discord. I looked and- it up. It's it's uh it's it's pretty fucking big because it affects a show that we are currently going through, which is going to be Mob yeah. Psycho 100 season three, which is really exciting because its actual release date corresponds with when we would be wrapping up season two of our coverage of the show, which means we can yeah, just, we're about halfway through. We can so. just kind of shift right the fuck into it. It sounds like. Yeah, and that was actually something Wonderlump. So uh, he he didn't post an exact article. I think it was a it was a trailer that he posted from Crunchyroll. So there's a season three trailer up. I looked up an article on comicbook.com. Um, this was written on August eighth, so that's two days ago as as we're recording this. Um, they mentioned that. Uh, the official season three premiere is October 5th in Japan and that Crunchyroll has previously confirmed that they will be streaming the new episodes alongside their overseas release. So uh, simul dub pretty common these days. It sounds like they're going to be doing either a simul dub or something pretty hot on the tails of that. So October 5th is the release date. According to this article, as of two days ago, I think comicbook.com is a pretty reliable source as well. So um yeah uh we we're definitely not going to be finished with season two by then so by the time we get to season three i suspect it will be ongoing which will be very exciting because we have not actually covered an ongoing show up to this point in our show and um that would be really cool and i think that was one thing that uh wonderlump actually pointed out when he posted the news was that um it would be really exciting. You see, I mean, he didn't say it in so many words, but I interpreted that there was a sense of excitement around us covering something that is current enough to be like us just a few episodes behind where the actual release is. So um, who knows? Who knows how it's going to shake out? But yeah, it sounds like instead of doing a poll at the end of season two, we will be pressing onward with season three, which is super, super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that Number one, Mob Psycho is, it's one of those shows that when it was originally slated to come out, 
A lot of people were very skeptical of it. I still remember the first time that I heard about the show. It was from a friend of mine that was telling me, hey, there's this other thing that's coming out like One Punch Man. And I was like, what do you mean like One Punch Man? And they were like, well, it's <laughs> done by the same creator. And I was like, okay, so it is a, is it a comedy? And he goes, no, it's just really weird. And I was like, well, that sounds <laughs> right up my fucking alley. So when I picked it up, I I was immediately smitten with the show. And I still remember multiple people telling me that they were disheartened by watching it because they expected ju- it to be like a just another One Punch Man. And mm. to be fair, if you're expecting One Punch Man and you watch Mob Psycho 100, uh, until you get to like... Shit! When does the first crazy fight happen inside of the show? I think it happens like at episode like, seven. Yeah, so it it doesn't happen for a minute. Um, so if you're expecting that, you're going to be a little bit disappointed by it. However, I'm going to make a bold statement here and say that I think make I it. think Mob Psycho is a superior show to One Punch Man. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, I, kind of listening to you, I think they are super similar. Um, if you are expecting a clone of One Punch Man, except he's psychic instead of punchy, it's not that. But if you are asking me, I want a show that is as similar to One Punch Man as you can get it, but not One Punch Man, I'm probably going to recommend Mob Psycho 100. Like, if the thing about One Punch Man that you like is superheroes, I'm going to recommend My Hero Academia. Uh, <laughs> if the thing you if the thing you like is that vibe, like that tone, that storytelling aesthetic, you can't get closer than Mob Psycho 100. It's the same aesthetic. The big difference is that One Punch Man is probably a little bit more of an action comedy outright. And it wraps up the sort of like deep ruminations on, and this is again, just me having watched the first season. So don't at me, but it wraps it's a deep ruminations on like the, you know, disappointing aspects of adulthood in hilarious and exciting like action and comedy set pieces. Mob Psycho 100 does the same thing, but it also spends a lot more time just focusing on the like mundane life and this sort of dramedy that comes out of that. So it's like, yeah, it's the same shit, but Mob Psycho 100 focuses on the outside of the supernatural aspects of things much, much, much more directly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, I could see you being like, if you want more of One Punch Man, this isn't exactly it. But I also don't know that there is a another show out there that is more like One Punch Man than Mob Psycho 100, while the two have, you know, very distinct identities. Uh, and I think, you know, Mob Psycho 100, I probably enjoy One Punch Man more viscerally because it is a visceral experience. Whereas Mob Psycho 100 makes you think more and makes you feel a little bit more. And so, yeah, it's probably better from like an overall package thing. But One Punch Man is maybe more satisfying in the moment. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is our 200th episode. Yeah. How did that happen? It's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, The thing that we planned, the special thing that we planned for our 200th episode is uh, reworking how our show works and trying it out last episode. So congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations, previous <laughs> us. 
<laughs> uh-huh. We definitely planned it and we're paying attention to this happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And of course, you know, keeping track of the all the episodes that we've recorded, this is actually the 323rd episode, but you know, it's the 200th episode of our regular weekly coverage, which is now once again the only not special episode type of episode that we record. So, you know, it's cool. It's pretty it's I mean, it's a big milestone. Yeah. So, so that's that's <sighs> exciting. We've yeah. recorded a lot of episodes. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We're, Any- all, we're coming up onto one episode a day for an entire year content. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, soon we will have 365 and a quarter episodes and then, you know, we will be complete. Yeah. That's, that's I guess, how that works instead of Blake's yeah. What if we literally logic? just re- released a 365 and 25% episode and we were like, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, (laughs) What, how would that even work? Anyways. um, So uh, let's go. We just get to the previously on and then the episode ends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so let's, let's first remind everybody that we are still doing our giveaway for the month. Uh, If you are interested in getting on that, um, this is going to be the episode where I'm going to be posting about the giveaway. Um, so both the episode where uh, I'm, I'm going to be dropping the the tweet about the episode, as well as releasing uh, images of the books themselves, which is exciting. And uh, you should get on that if you follow us on tweeters. Um, don't forget as well if you were one of the uh, one of the people that received one of our new ads. Um, which is something Oof. that happened. <laughs> yeah, we um, did. We did do that. Yeah, it did. That was it's been a lot. It's been 323 episodes. So, you know, keep it in perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. Um, they, they, they look like the way that these ads are going to work is um, sort of like sporadically. We're doing a, a test thing with our host, um, which is going to be Buzzsprout, um, and I'm testing out them first. So you may or may not be receiving ads when you del- download or listen to your episode. Uh, they they basically serve until the person is paid out what they are served. But anyways, you don't need to know the backstory of it. But you may or may not hear an uh, an episode with a an ad inside of it. If you are some so of like, because. Because sometimes, because I listen to The Daily from the New York Times, but I started listening to it about two and a half years after they started uh, making the show. And as you know, I have to listen to things in order. And they're, you know, a decent time commitment. So I just listen to one a day and they don't they don't release one a day. So I'm slowly catching up to current times. The reason I'm saying all this is that there are ads on The Daily, but the ads are current. And I believe that the ads are downloaded to my phone when I when I put the episode I'm going to listen to in the playlist from which I listened to it uh, rather than locked in at the time that the episode was created. Is that what you're saying that our episodes will have sort of live updated uh, ads or that they'll be locked in when we, when we sort of set them up? No, it's, it basically works like whenever, whenever we turn on a, a, a new ad, uh, the, the ads will be served to as many downloads as it is until it's oh, run out of course. So they paid for like 200 people to hear it, but we have 201 people listening. So that last person is getting a freebie. 
Yeah, basically. And oh, okay. if you're if you're That's one cool. of those That's people cool. that doesn't want to be a part of that at all, um, and would instead mm-hmm. like to support the show, um, you can listen to episodes uh, on our Patreon, and they're going to be ad free. Um, also, uh, Rashad has been so so great as to release the last episode a day early for the Patreon listeners as well. Um, so uh, you're getting early content. Um, I don't know if that will continue as we record but uh yeah it may it's or really may a not question happen. of our schedule and then rashad's schedule <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh so that's that's what's going on hey uh we have weekly jump to check out um it turns Let's out jump. it's the same thing that happened last week except for we watched it <laughs> holy shit yeah i see why people are watching spy x Fi family <laughs> spy x Fi. <laughs> spy x family oh my god man uh I fucking love this show. Also, the animation okay. is great. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't disagree. I'm a little surprised because I remember last week you didn't dislike the manga, but you were a little tepid on it. It sounds like you've made a pretty big change. Here. Yeah. And the reason why I think is because of the, the style and the pacing that the anime goes at. And it is, mm-hmm. it is really well done. Um, to the point where uh, the amount that I was, the amount that I was depressed and frustrated with the anime page flippy adaptation of, uh, the mobster house husband, I can't remember, um, whatever it is. Oh yeah. The way of the house, way of the house husband, Uh, the amount that I was displeased by that is the amount that I was pleased by this. And I, that's a lot. And I think it's just because the the manga does an all right job getting at the pacing. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't completely uh, it it didn't completely blow me away with the pacing on the page. However, the pacing that they did with the animation and the anime is fantastic. Also, that sequence where he comes into the the apartment and they uh, they have like the the people that have broken into the apartment and they're waiting for him and yeah. they're going to try to knock him out. That sequence is fucking phenomenal to the point where I was just like, this is really good animated action anime without it being an action anime strictly. And I think that that's yeah. one of the things that drew me into the animation so much. And also like that moment where he just has that connection where he's just like, He's just like, should I care about her? And in that moment, you see that he loses his conscious, like he loses his concentration for a second. And when he loses his concentration for that second, the other guy gets the drop on him. And I'm like, this is just fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly agree with you. I obviously had a much more positive reaction to the manga itself. And so for me, I didn't really have any of those issues with like pacing that you did. I also thought there's that really big moment that is actually I've seen posted online a few times of when um, our main character is asleep on the couch and the daughter crawls up to sleep next to him. And it's been posted as like, uh, you know, accolades of how wholesome this manga is. And I thought that that moment worked a little bit better on the page than in the anime. And I think that's because you, when you're reading, you get to set your own pace. You get to sit and absorb what you're looking at as much as you would like to. And in the anime, I felt like, Oh, we really didn't sit with that for very long. And I, I kind of wanted a little bit more. Um, 
But that said, I think that, yeah, the anime has really good pacing. I kept having these moments. So we watched, you know, we watched the first three episodes as is tradition, read the first three chapters as is tradition. I was excited because, as we've discussed many, many times on this show, generally speaking, outside of the first episode, usually the first chapter of a manga is two to three times longer than the average chapter of a manga. And uh, the first episode of an anime adaptation usually covers about one chapter's worth Every subsequent chapter is shorter, and every subsequent episode usually covers between two and three chapters worth. So I was excited because I liked this story, and I wanted more of it. I have not yet picked up Spy X Family to read it, but I thought, oh, well, we're watching the anime, so I'll see a little bit further. And then I kept having these moments where I was like, wait, I think we've passed where we read last week. And uh, we we had not passed where we had read last week because... Uh, they just added in little extra bits, little moments, not of fluff or filler necessarily, but just sprucing up what was already established by the manga and adding in little moments that were anime only, but that fit in so fluidly that I thought that they were just extensions of the plot that I hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. And then we would get back to something and I was like, oh, this is familiar. I know where this is going. I just, I guess they just added in unfamiliar aspects to uh pad the runtime but not not in like an inherently bad way yeah and i I really enjoyed that i thought it was really really good there was definitely a sequence in which there's like a sort of like silhouetted action scene playing out in the background as a memory that is comedic while one of the characters is like talking in the foreground in the present and i thought that was a really fun addition that i didn't remember at all from the manga Mm -hmm. they do a lot with the animation format to spruce up what's already there I had a much more positive reaction to what was already there than I think Spencer did. Um, So I felt like this added very little to the overall production, but it didn't need to add very much to the overall production. It is, it really is one of those series based on those first three chapters and first three anime episodes for me, where it's like, if you want to read it, read it. If you want to watch it, watch it. You're getting the same experience regardless with almost no changes. And I like that. That's one of my favorite things about anime is that direct one-to-one translation. I think they did a really good job with that in these first, uh, these first sections of the story here. Um, And then if you like Spencer find that the manga pacing is a little off, it sounds like the anime fixes those problems. Yeah, it really does. I I, I was just like this. This is great. I I was just very impressed overall with, this yeah and, uh, I was and very I, happy I totally get why people are raving about this it's really really charming and it draws you in very quickly mm-hmm. also the women in the second chapter slash second episode are so much worse in the anime <laughs> and I don't think they do anything differently but I think it's just the ways that like they move now and the ways that the voice actors are putting like horrible viciousness into the voices just like makes them that much more awful. And I, I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They are terrible. <laughs> yeah. But then she gets hot food on her nose. So fuck her. Yeah. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, hey, Blake, we have other stuff to go over this week. And that is our normally yeah. scheduled episode. Um, so, so before we get into this, Mm-hmm. Man, Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? I just, I, I am, I have been told that they are bringing back, uh, 
they're bringing back a Hunter x Hunter. Have you been told about the this? Anime. Yeah, yeah, the anime. Have you been told about no, this? I, no, I saw some rumors that it was coming back, but I, I either... They were either rumors about him coming back from a hiatus on the manga, or I interpreted them as such. I have assumed that they're going to return to Hunter x Hunter because it is very popular, and it seems to only be gaining in popularity and cultural impact. So there's no smart way to just let that property sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I want them to come back because I thought that it had some high highs and I've heard really great things about manga sections after where they stopped. And I was really disappointed with the plot line before they stopped. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're about to go into weird Yu Yu Hakusho land. Um, Blake and I may have both have interesting takes on these episodes uh, just be prepared for that. <laughs> like, uh, I've I, I've already been on record that like these. This is where the show sort of jumps the shark for me. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna f- completely feel that way, but um, just be prepared for that. So, anyways, with further ado, what's happened previously on? All right, Yu Yu Hakusho is a story focusing mainly on our our protagonist Yusuke Urameshi. He is a middle school delinquent who saves a kid from uh, being hit by a truck one day, is hit by the truck instead, and the afterlife is like, huh, we thought you were worse than this, but you did a good thing and now we don't know where to put you. So we're going to give you the chance to come back to life and maybe that'll sort itself out. And it sort of does because he does come back to life. And then when he comes back to life, he discovers that he is able to see aspects uh, that are related to the spiritual world that he was unable to see or unaware of the existence of beforehand. So he can like tell that some people are actually demons in disguise or demon possessed or whatever. The spirit world is like, Hey, it's dope that you have these powers now because you're going to work for us as our spirit detective. And he launches on a series of missions in which he becomes increasingly powerful at shooting energy out of his fingers, like a gun and working on different cases that start off being sort of, you know, investigative cases and eventually just transition into your average shonen. Well, I would say above average shonen plot lines. You know, you get your tournaments and you get your big villains and stuff like that. And they're not necessarily investigative cases like the uh, early stories of the show might promise, but they are very good shonen. Uh, Yusuke picks up a couple of friends along the way. He gets taught by an older woman named Genkai, who is a renowned uh, master and very, very powerful in her own right. He becomes her protege and has since surpassed her in power. Um, He has two demons that he's befriended, Hiei and Kurama. Hiei is kind of your Vegeta. He's the guy that uh, nominally dislikes the hero, but has allied with him so much that you can't really see them fighting at this point. Um, Kurama is your soft-spoken, nice guy who is not to be fucked with. Um, He's technically a half-demon. I mean, he's... He is a whole demon that inhabited a baby, a human baby, and so has since become sort of a half demon because they are, you know, one and the same at this point. Uh, and then Kuwabara is Yusuke's school friend, who, as one of our Discord users pointed out, does not go to a different school, and as this episode shows, is actually in the same fucking class as Yusuke. So I don't know where I got that idea from. But yeah, uh, Kuwabara is a classmate of Yusuke's. He runs with a different crew than Yusuke does, and this has led to them having a lot of conflict in the past. But to the extent that they've come to become be sort of like frenemies with each other and uh, to the point that they are basically secret best friends, uh, secret to themselves, they are not willing to admit it because they have 
too much invested in their rivalry, but they actually have a complete romance going on. It's very cute. Um, speaking of romance, Yusuke has a girlfriend named Keiko. Uh, Yusuke is, you know, you're sort of like uh, carefree, um, semi-vagrant middle school student, and Keiko is much more uh, devoted to her studies and a little bit more straight edge and stuff like that. So uh, they have, you know, mild conflict over that periodically, but I think they charm one another and make each other laugh. And so their relationship really works really quite well. Um, Yusuke in the previous arc, which uh, we just finished up in our last episode's worth of coverage, uh, faced off against the spirit detective before him. This guy became disaffected with humanity and resolved to introduce all of demon world into the real world, thereby destroying the real world because sometimes humans are not cool and he was not okay with that. Uh, Yusuke defeated him, but he defeated him in a way that has left Yusuke sort of torn up inside. Uh, essentially, what happened was that Yusuke was presumed killed. Uh, at this point in the story, we discovered that Yusuke, at some point in his distant line- in his distant uh, familial lineage, has demon blood, and that he has basically been a sleeper cell demon this whole time, and nobody knew it. And by being killed, that brought the demon blood to the forefront, either by pushing him to his limits or by, you know, being a requirement to keep him from actually dying or whatever. So he came back to life much stronger than before. He went back to fight Sensui, the guy who was trying to kill all humanity. And uh, while he was fighting him, they were pretty evenly matched. And then the demon took over his body such that Yusuke could tell what was going on but was not in control. The demon fired a spirit gun that was much more powerful than Yusuke usually can summon and uh, obliterated Sensui. Yusuke is pissed about this because, one, he is the type of shonen protagonist who revels in a good fight even when the stakes are high. The goodness of the fight is important to him, and he feels like that was taken away from him by an interloper. And two, that interloper took over his fucking body, and he wants to get to the bottom of that and probably get revenge for it. So Yusuke, having returned to the human world after this fight, is really, really struggling with what happened with the fact that he has a sense of um, of uh, dissatisfaction with how things came out, even though the heroes did win, he's not satisfied with how they won. And so he's really struggling with the fact that they're back in the real world, whereas all of his friends are kind of like, whew, that's over, so here we go. Um, and that's basically what you need to know going into episode 95. Yeah, episode 95. The 95th episode of Yu Hakusho, where we... I I don't know, man. I I feel like this episode starts taking us into. It, it's called Use Case Destiny, by the way. It it starts taking us into like a category of the show that. I, what would you call this? It's like it's almost it's almost become like mystery esque. In in a sense, would you would you say that? Yeah. I don't know exactly where you're getting at. Okay, so okay, so the first the first big sequence that we see inside of these episodes is um first and foremost uh Yusuke's teacher just being a a big dick and he just keeps on talking about how Yusuke is failing everybody and that it, for, as, the further you go in this episode the more he just bitches and moans about how Yusuke is basically ruining society yeah. and 
this this is his school his homeroom teacher who's calling attendance and Yusuke is never there and he is taking a moment to make Yusuke an example of what not to do even though we and uh to a uh greater extent Kuwabara know that Yusuke is not there because he just saved the fucking world and is having trouble dealing with it yeah he's a real big bitch <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I'm like, on the one hand, I kind of get it, especially in Japanese society, but also in American society. You know, when you're in in school and there's that one kid that's like never fucking there and doesn't give a shit. And when they are there, they're kind of not paying attention and they're causing problems for other people. And you're sort of like, you might as well not be here, mm-hmm. but you could just sort of roll your eyes at them because of how much they're blowing it. Like that's this teacher. He just sees Yusuke as the type of kid who can't be asked to be in school and just doesn't give a fuck. And he is, you know, he is saying to these other students who, by the way, are putting stress on themselves to study for high school entrance exams, because it seems like don't know enough about Japanese schools, but high school entrance exams is a, a pretty frequent topic. I am not sure that if you don't get into high school, you don't go to high school, but I think it's a sort of a question of like getting into the high school. That's going to set you up for the best path. And so there's a lot of pressure on you to like achieve and get those grades and stuff like that. So um, they're all working on this. I think the teacher is in a reasonable, if maybe a little too harsh way saying like this kid doesn't care. You guys need to care that he is an example of what you can do wrong. And I don't want you to see, to see you all doing that wrong thing. So, you know, look at this example, do the opposite. And I think that's reasonable, but at the same time, like Yusuke is not in school because he is dealing with some really heavy issues that are kind of above the pay grade of a middle school student. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely did save the world. He saved it more, more than once. Uh, he is not the asshole that this teacher is making him out to be. And so like, while the teacher's perspective sort of makes sense, he is actually not talking about something he knows about and is making a, a bit of a jerk of himself. Yeah, he's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know we've circled around and i guess i agree with you <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay so meanwhile the other thing that is happening is that um king yama he is not not a fucking fan of the way that yusuke is going um he has decided that he will not only kill his son if his son comes back for helping yusuke but also he's gonna send people to kill yusuke um, and so, yeah, because it's because Yusuke is a demon now and he's a particularly strong one. And they're like, uh, you know, the, the underworld's, uh, or the spirit world's perspective on this again, reasonable, but misguided based on what we know of this character is, Hey, this demon is really powerful. Yusuke has now become much more powerful than before to the extent that the spirit world will have a difficult time controlling him. If we try and we might fail in a way that was not true before, and demons are inherently uh, antagonistic to us in the spirit world. And so if we can't control him and he has revealed himself to perhaps be inherently antagonistic to us, we need to take him out before the antagonism that we worry about comes to pass. So again, I, I see what they're doing. You know, obviously preemptive action, uh, specifically assassination is definitely a fucked up concept in all cases, but like you kind of get where they're coming from. But you, again, you look at Yusuke and you're like, I mean, this isn't the guy they're making him out to be. Yeah, and also, like, didn't he, in becoming a demon, he also saved all of the fucking realms. 
Like, uh, yes, there, but you know, he was taken over by a demonic presence that was as bad as the spirit world was concerned about. And while that was fleeting, it did totally happen. And maybe it could happen at any time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a real Ichigo's mask type situation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of is. Anyways. Um, so here's where I go into, um, a little bit of, I don't like this. So, so I almost called him Ichigo. Um, So Yusuke, um, he's going to Yusuke is going to be sent from uh, one important person in his life to another, which is going to be Genkai, um, in order to maybe get some more answers. Instead of getting more answers, he just gets even less answers um, because Genkai is just like, uh, "It's your fucking life. You do with it what you will." (laughs) And he's like, "Well, that doesn't help me." And she's like, "Buck the fuck up. I don't care." I agree and disagree. Like, I think this was actually Genkai helping in a subtle way Mm. because she's not touchy. (laughs) She is not touchy feely. She is tough love. She is walk it off. Um, She's walk it off. (laughs) Yeah. So if nobody knows why I'm laughing the most at that, it's because um, when I was a young child, I fell off a fucking cliff and broke my right leg in three places. And my dad, when he saw me afterwards, the first thing he said to me was, walk it off. (laughs) Which is generally not how the doctors recommend you deal with a broken leg. (laughs) Yeah, generally. But anyways. It's about uh, the opposite. Uh, Yeah, yeah, she is that type of caretaker. She's not going to coddle you. If you fell off a cliff, walk it off. But I've yeah. been impaled on a tree. Walk off the tree. Walk it off. <laughs> it's like that episode of King of the Hill where the, the coach is just like putting the middle school footballers through hell and like giving them concussions and stuff. And every time they come and complain about anything, no matter how big or small, he's like, take a salt tablet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, but I actually I felt like this was a good subtext scene of like Genkai is playing she is playing a character that doesn't care about Yusuke, but she is secretly giving him advice mm-hmm. while playing that character. And so she, she definitely directs him to go meet a new character, but she also gives him advice in the form of a challenge, which is, Hey, you're worried about your demonic lineage. your your suddenly increased power. This episode where you lost control of your body and it was taken over by a much more antagonistic force. Like, okay, if that's the situation you're going to be living with, then if you decide to destroy the world, because they note that he is now powerful enough to destroy the world. She says a really interesting thing, too. She's like, some people have problems. Everybody has problems of different degrees. Yours is just at a, a bigger degree. And the degree of that is that it might destroy the world. Yeah. And so she's like, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, kill me first. Uh, because, you know, I'm not going to be able to stop you either way. So you might as well just take me out and watch it. <laughs> And it's like, on the one hand, that is, that's really harsh. But the subtext, I think, is very clever here, which is Genkai is telling him, you've got to get this under control. And she knows Yusuke's heart. She knows Yusuke very well. She knows that Yusuke would never intentionally do something like that. And that he will go to that to the point of killing himself in order to save his friends. And so I think what she's doing here is throwing a gauntlet in his mind of like, you might not have this under control, 
But if this is a question of you resting control through willpower, I am going to put the idea of you killing me and then everyone else in your mind as a boost to your willpower. And I think that she is intentionally saying this to make him more resilient against another takeover. And I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It's, uh, it's cool in the sense that she does kind of punt afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is her only advice because it is true that she's, she doesn't have much to do to help him because he's super strong now. So she sends him to, okay. In the episodes we watched, which are no longer dubbed, I'm very disappointed about that. Uh, they are uh, they refer to this character as the first spirit detective. Like, I was like, like I'm going to throw it out there that you're incorrect that it is not dubbed because there are the dubbed versions all on YouTube still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was watching it on Hulu, which is what I've been using to watch it on uh, since uh, since we started and. I, I looked, I didn't see any of the dub episodes. Do they take the dub off of Hulu, but they left the sub? I don't know what's going on. So uh, I'm disappointed by that. But yeah, they keep referring to this character as the first spirit detective. When I took notes off of the Wikipedia page of the episodes, they did not refer to her as the first. They just referred to her as a previous one. So I don't know which one is correct. I'm assuming she's the first. But when they said that, I was like, wait, the spirit world has been around for a long time. Humanity has been around for a long time. Presumably demons have also been around for all that time. And the spirit world only in the last like 25 years or so was like, Hey, maybe we ought to do something about this. Like, is that what we're, is that the situation we're dealing with? Yeah. That's the situation that you're <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> like, well, it's been millennia of us just letting this fucking happen. So let's hire one of them. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I really, I really thought that maybe they would be a little bit more progressive on this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their first one was a woman and this is, you know, I don't know this anime, this manga came out like in the early nineties or late eighties. Right. And then, you know, this is happening even earlier and in Japan. So I'm pretty progressive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. manga started in 1990. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Here's so we're talking about like 1975. At least they hired a woman as their first spirit detective, and that's a fighting role. I mean, shoot, they the spirit world does not have any of the sexist hangups. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Don't don't quote me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's here's the problem, though. Man, all of these episodes run together for me. By the way. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a single a single mini arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's here's the thing that's going to happen with this character. First and foremost, we get just the cutest fight. Do you, do you <laughs> agree that this is a very cute fight? <laughs> it's a good fight. So, so Yusuke goes to to the spirit detective's grounds. That's her name's Kuroko, and he walks onto the grounds. And there's a sign that says "Beware of the dogs." <laughs> and Yusuke's like, "Dogs, pasha." And I'm like, "These are clearly going to be like demon dogs or spirit dogs or something that." you Yusuke is going to get caught unawares by. And I was almost right. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's the children of the spirit detective that he is coming to meet. <laughs> and, uh, it, here's, here's, a, here's a problem. Um, 
if you if if you are a somebody that's a spirit detective, I guess your children are also going to become super powerful because you're going to train them to fight like you. Um, and yeah. uh, they're just gonna, you know, uh, what become- what do we know about this? Right. We know that Kuwabara is more spiritually attuned than Yusuke. Yusuke was only attuned spiritually after he had a near-death experience. I think, I'm not sure that they've said this explicitly, but I think that humans can develop spiritual powers through knowledge and hard work, regardless of where they come from, but some people are more attuned to it. I am assuming that her kids are more attuned to it because it's semi-biological, and that they decided to work at it because she's very open with her family about her history and the details thereof. Meanwhile, her husband is just a normie novelist guy and is kind of like Sir also appearing in this film. Yeah. And, he's uh, he's um, he's super normcore. Except for that moment yeah. where except for that moment where he's just like, Yusuke, I'm gonna look at your aura. <laughs> And I was just yeah, like, except for the part where he like, genuinely tells the future. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, Dad, get out your crystals real quick. Um. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what's cool about this is that the kids—they're well designed. They have a cool fighting style. They're sort of like wonder twinning. Oh, uh, they're definitely wonder twinning. They're like they—they—they they, they literally say like uh, it's almost double dragon. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, and I love that. Like Yusuke is caught off guard by them and the kids aren't no threat to him, but he is much more powerful than them. And so after he like sort of reorients himself to the fact that he's being attacked, he just kind of like evades them in a sort of like taunting jokey way. And I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And then like, um, yeah, the, the kids are cool. They're cool characters cause they have power, but they're kids. That's interesting. Uh, obviously, there have been a few children, child characters that are powerful that we've seen in this show so far. That's not like the newest thing. Yeah, but, including like, the are... emperor of the children, Kid Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, but also kind of different. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but like they are, they're cool. They're aspiring spirit detectives. Like one of them comes up to you, Skinner's like, I'm going to be the spirit detective after you. And I'm like, this is a really interesting angle on this. Like it's not... It is not like a, a, to them, it's not a boon that is unexpectedly thrust upon you as you discover another world. Like to them, they know this world. They know this is a job and they're aspiring to it. And that's really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is weird that she said, beware of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, she said. There are no dogs. She said, <laughs> then, by the way, that uh, the making a sign that says beware of children is hard to make uh, seem very dangerous. <laughs> I must have missed that, but I just like, I saw Beware of Dogs and I was like, ooh, there's going to be cool dog characters. Then it was stupid children. And I was like, ugh, this is so disappointing. And then he's like, these are the dogs. And she goes, yes. (laughs) And I was like, wait, are they spirit dogs taking the form of humans? No, they're her children. She's just fine with calling them dogs i guess yeah and uh let's get to this uh really important thing that happens at the end of this episode which takes us into the next episode which is going to be oh man uh it's the next episode is called three visitors three kings i think it's what it's called um three strangers strangers, three kings kings. and uh man (laughs) this these fucking guys that straight up look like they're either monks, for like Shaolin monks, or 
that they might be like here to, you know, invite you to be a Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a monks for me personally. Yeah. Well, yeah, these are the, here's what we're doing for this arc guys. And they show up to tell us what we're doing for this arc. Yeah. So here's the thing about this arc. Um, what you didn't know and up until this point is that there are three most powerful demons. Uh, they're called the three Kings um, they have one singular disagreement and that's on what they're going to eat for dinner tonight. Um, one of them, <laughs> one of them is just like, I don't want to eat humans. And the other one is just like, I want to eat humans, but in moderation. And the last one is just like, give me all the humans you can give me. And that is yeah. their big disagreement. Yeah. It's like, I don't think we should eat humans anymore because I guess this is my moral stance versus I might agree with you if we didn't need them to survive, and so I can't agree with you, versus they are cattle and I love hamburgers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what they're doing to the environment. Feed me more burgers. Poop into the skies and let me eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's here's the, the big thing about this, is that one of these three kings is going to be Yusuke's ancient relative. Um, and that... Yeah, here, here's a question. Yeah. Because you've seen all of Yu Yu Hakusho, right? I have not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen here. But the thing that's bugging me is they keep saying, like, this is your dad. And I'm like... He's not. Number one. All right. We know that his mom is a single parent. Uh, I don't remember if they mention where his dad is. I've always assumed that the dad is dead. Uh, they may have mentioned that the dad is just gone, uh, but I, th- I think he's probably dead. They mentioned when Yusuke turned out to be a demon that this was because he had demon blood in his lineage from many generations prior that has now awakened after sort of sleeper selling its way through various generations. Yusuke here keeps being told, this guy's your dad. They keep saying, your father. This is your father. You're going to meet your father. This is your dad. And I'm like, it's not though, right? Like, we've established that this was generations ago. Like this may be a progenitor of sorts, but it's not his, his father. Yeah. And it's so confusing why they keep saying this. I and mean, like, we've established this is, it's definitely easier to be like, this guy created you. Uh, so we're going to call him your father, but they don't say that. They just keep saying father. And I'm like, it's not though. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's been a long time since I watched these episodes, but I'm like, yeah. I'm like 95% seems, sure that it's not his actual death. Um, yeah, it seems like they're going to clarify this in probably our next episode's worth of coverage. So this may be a question with a clear answer that we haven't gotten to, but it bugged me. I was like, we established in our last episode's worth of coverage that this is because of something way back in his genealogy mm-hmm. and not directly related to him. And now they are saying what seems to be a contradiction to that, which would be fine for me if people were just un- misunderstood because the people who said that this was a long way back in his genealogy wouldn't necessarily know who his dad was, but like, I'm confused anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. Neither here nor there, but everywhere. So, <laughs> so one of the Kings is his dad and it turns out that it's the King that doesn't want to eat people, which I guess is fine. That's the one he would align with morally anyways. And, uh, the Kings are in a, a stalemate because they're all about as strong as the other King. And so you can't, when there's three Kings and they all want to be the one King, 
you can't fight one of the other ones without weakening yourself to the remaining king. So if any of them fights one of the other ones, then the remaining one will swoop in on whoever wins that fight and will beat them because the other one will be weakened from said fight because they're all pretty evenly matched. Except that because Yusuke's dad, which is, uh, what's his name? Oh, it's in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not Mr. Fantastic. Ryzen. Ryzen. <laughs> Ryzen. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, we are going to find out as one of the monk idiots. <laughs> uh-huh. So Ryzen is his dad. He's one of the kings. He is the king that doesn't want to eat people. And because he's not eating people, he's wasting away and he's on death's door. And uh, he wants Yusuke to visit him for reasons. I don't know. Uh, and so, like, when he finishes wasting away, uh, there will only be two kings, and they will be free to go to war with each other, because now it just is a question of which one wins, rather than of, you know, sacrificing your your ability to survive to the person you didn't attack, because there won't be a third one. And so this is sort of a big deal in Demon World. They're about to get taken over, and either one of the kings that might take over is going to want to eat people, so I guess Yusuke doesn't want that to happen. Um, the three guys that came to him are presumably envoys from from Ryzen, which I, I think they are, uh, although there was a moment in the episodes where I was like, oh, are they from somebody else and they've been lying? Um, Yusuke, Yusuke's like, ah, I don't know about this, but let's go fight. So I can figure out if I trust you or not. So they go out. They go outside to fight, and then we meet Mister Fantastic. Yeah. Um. And uh, first of all, he's going to talk to these people about like, hey, it's not great that you have to eat people, but you, um, you, it's not the end of the world if you have to eat people. I sort of understand that, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. And don't you know, it's it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. And he's just like, well. Yes, we agree with you on this. And he's just like, okay, but also at the same time, maybe you shouldn't eat people so much. Um, but let's let we'll, we can talk about more of this later. Um, they're going to, man, I cannot remember what order this happens in, but I, I swear, like, isn't in the middle of this, he like talks to, he talks to the other, uh, like older spirit detective and, she tells him that she heard the entire thing and she's like, you should get the fuck out of here. You're not going to be a, like, you're not, you're not good that, human anymore. <laughs> that's after that is after the fight, the Mr. Yeah, Fantastic fight, guys. man. They, yeah. So they reveal some the, weird the, shit first. <laughs> yeah. So the, these three guys show up and one of the things they tell you, so what we learned last arc is that there are demons at different class levels of power and that the higher class levels of power are, are unable to travel to the human world. Uh, these guys reveal themselves to be one of those higher classes of power that would not be able to travel to the human world, but they are wearing gross external heart things that dampen their power, which allows them to pass through the barrier under sort of like the, the reduced power level of a lower level demon that could get through the barrier. And... Um, they're not able to take these power dampeners off until they get back to the demon world. They also mentioned that this is only one of several ways that powerful demons can get into the human world and sort of circumnavigate or circumvent the, um, the uh, restrictions of the portal itself. Uh, They don't go into any greater detail about that, but Yusuke does remember that later when he's hatching some plans. So that's relevant. 
And then, yeah, Yusuke's like, well, okay, if you're that strong, we should fight. And the guy's like, I mean, my power is dampened, but I'll still beat the shit out of you. And Yusuke's like, fuck you, Will. And so then they go out and they fight. And uh, he, he fights the main dude. There's there's three guys. And the main guy is there to tell you all the details you need to know. And then one of the other guys is there to be mad at every other thing that Yusuke says because he's not a respectful person. He does not respect their demon hierarchy. And this guy is all about respecting the demon hierarchy. And he keeps being like, the, uh, what did, What the fuck did you just say? Not like outright, <laughs> but he's sort of like grimaces and starts to get up uh, every other time Yusuke opens his mouth. And then the final guy is there to be like, no, 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 it's fine. Just let him say his foolish stuff. It's, he just doesn't know what he's speaking. Like the, the other two guys are literally just how dare you and hold me back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes out to fight the, uh, the Mr. Exposition who turns out to be Mr. Fantastic because the guys like at my power level, I'm a, I'm a D class demon in this, you know, restricted form. And you are so strong that you could probably pulverize me with one punch. Uh, but you're not going to get to punch me because as Yusuke goes to punch him, he t- it turns out that he can, you know, make his body into putty essentially and reformat it uh, in a in, in a really nice bit of animation that's super gross. And uh, he just stretches out his neck into a rope that ties Yusuke up, and uh, and then he's like, "Ma ma ma, I'm Mr. Fantastic." <laughs> Okay. Does not say that. Here's here's <laughs> uh, here's something that I I legitimately I, I do not know, but I I I wager to guess like this really should have been explained more um, about what's happening here. In recent history of Yu Yu Hakusho, they fought against somebody who had this exact power set. Yes, and they learn he learned how to fight against him. And then he just doesn't seem to know how to fight against him anymore. And the only thing that I can think is because, like, later on he's going to um, he's he's going to punch this guy so hard that the guy's head is just going to spin around um, roughly a hundred thousand times. Um, uh-huh. But like when he does that, I'm like, is is like is he just playing everything down in this fight? Is is that what's yeah. going on here? I, I think it is a combination of Yusuke is caught off guard. Um, and when he's caught off guard, he's he is well and truly restrained. Mm. Um, to the point that it's he's having a hard time moving his body at all. Uh, and so that's when Mr. Fantastic gets him locked in. We're going to call it a headlock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then... Also, oh, I'm so fucking Denshi- mad at you that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but where is the lie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so then, um, the guy, the guy like restrains him and then he stabs Yusuke with a prop knife, I guess, just to add a little razzle dazzle to the sequence. <laughs> Um, and he's like, see, I could have gotten you, even though you're stronger than me, but I outdid you. So you would have been stabbed, but that's not what I'm here for. So anyway, we're done fighting. And then when his guard is down, Yusuke punches the shit out of him. And Yusuke says, after punching him, I held back as much as I could. Uh, because what the guy said earlier is true at Yusuke's power level versus this guy's power level. Yusuke's unrestrained power would probably demolish this dude. 
uh, if he punched him, much less used his spirit powers against him. But what Yusuke says is, I held back as much as I could when I punched you just now. But the reason I punched you is because you're a fucking liar. And the guy is like, what are you talking about? I've been telling you the true true. And Yusuke is like, no, you have not. And what the case is, is that no, he was not lying that they are emissaries from Ryzen. Uh, he was not lying that Ryzen is Yusuke's ancestor or that he's one of the three kings, or that he doesn't eat people. Uh, but there is where Yusuke is getting hung up. Because it's not that Ryzen eats people, it's that these guys do. And Yusuke specifically explains that he has fought against demons that eat people before, and he remembers their stench, and he smelled, he smelled it on this guy's breath. And so he knows that this guy's full of shit, which I don't think the guy said that they didn't eat people. Uh, but I do think that he allowed it to be implied by noting that they are, you know, loyal to Ryzen, whose whole deal is, I don't need people. And so Yusuke is like, you've been lying to me by omission, by not telling me why you are loyal to Ryzen, by letting me believe that it might be because you don't eat people too, or because you're against eating people. And these other two demons do eat people for, you know, one out of necessity and one out of delight. And if you eat people too, why are you following my dad? Why are you lying to me by not telling me what's going on here? And that is why he's pissed. And I think that is the answer to your question, Spencer, is that Yusuke probably as soon as this guy starts explaining the people eating disparity between the three kings... Yusuke can tell that these guys are in some way lying to him mm. and he wants to get to the bottom of it. Mm. Let's see. Well, I, it's not exactly what I expected inside this moment, but that's, that's fine. No, but I think it's working. Okay. I mean, obviously we're, we're really, uh, I mean, we're almost a hundred episodes into the show and we're very much living on shonen logic. Uh, which is all this mystical shit we just take it in stride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think it works in the context of that. And I think that also takes us to the last episode today, 97. Yeah, so episode 97 um, is going to be the episode where Yusuke says goodbye to everybody, but for a very specific time. This is called Departing Living <laughs> World. Um, and yeah, I don't remember the three guys giving him a good answer of like, we, they basically, he's like, Hey, why do you follow my dad? If you don't also not eat people. And they're like, we have our own reasons. Anyway, we're going to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's basically what they, they leave with this whole thing. They're like, we're going to leave. We came here to bring you back to the demon world with us, but we are going to give you one week because if you're coming with us, we understand that you might want to set your affairs in order. And so we're going to leave, even though we think we know what the answer might be. And I think it's so interesting that they say that. And also, as a viewer, you're like, I mean, obviously, one, the arc has to happen. So he's going to go. But two, you can tell where Yusuke is as a character is like he needs answers. And this seems to be where he's going to get them. So you can kind of tell that he's going to go. And I think it's so interesting that they're like, we also know that you're going to go. But we are going to give you a week to think about it because fuck you. And then they leave. Yeah, I, I do. I do enjoy because fuck you is the answer to the end of this question. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly that. Like they don't hate Yusuke or at least Mr. Exposition doesn't hate Yusuke. I think the other guy does. Hold me back. 
uh, hold me back, bro does hate Yusuke, <laughs> but, uh, I think th- that, uh, I think Mr. Exposition is fine with it. <laughs> I don't think he's being vindictive. Um, uh, I do think that this is probably just, well, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to justify in universe what is clearly an out of universe thing, which is the author wants them to give him the exposition and not whisk him away right away so that the author can have interesting character moments with the other characters who would not have those moments if Yusuke just vanished. And uh, I think that that's what's really happening here. And I think that this is a perfectly fine explanation for why we're going to get to do what the author wants to do. Yeah. Well, here's here's the last bit. Um, Yusuke is going to go around and... Um, I guess he just doesn't, he doesn't tell anybody except for Keiko, no. right? Yeah. He just has girlfriend time. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's it. That's all. I guess that's all you really need is just girlfriend. That's time. <laughs> <laughs> Boo on you. So, so one, uh, as we alluded to earlier, Kuroko's husband is a normal novelist who also has apparently genuine fortune telling powers. He starts to tell Yusuke's fortune before the three boys show up. And he says, like, there are people that are after you, which we kind of already know because we know that the after that the spirit world has put a hit out on Yusuke. Um, and uh, there, there's also an interesting tension there before the three guys show up where one of the other characters that's not with Yusuke currently is like, well, if the spirit world has put out hits on him, they probably contacted all the previous spirit detectives and have them going after him because those are probably the, mo- the people most likely to be able to defeat him. And he is currently at the house of the original one. And you're like, oh shit, is this going to go tits up? And it doesn't, uh, but it's really interesting. Um, then yes. So after the three guys depart, the woman Kuroko comes out and is like, before these three guys showed up, I thought you were a good person. But during your confrontation with them, you acknowledged that sometimes demons might eat people and you did not in any way say that that was unacceptable or that you would put a stop to it. And because of that, I don't think that you can be trusted anymore. I have lost all faith in you and I'd like you to leave. Uh, She also at that point notes that she did receive notification that there was a hit out on him and that she was invited to participate uh, in the flashback. We see that she declined that invitation, uh, but she is aware that he is to be killed for this reason. And it seems like she has gone from believing that that was an overreaction to agreeing with it. So that's interesting. Then her, her husband comes up and is like, I didn't finish your fortune earlier. The end of your fortune is that you're going to have to fight some of your friends. So have a good life. Mm. <laughs> and, so Yusuke goes off. He's going to go meet up with Keiko, but also two of his friends, namely Kurama and Hiei, are going to get messages from three visitors in their own right. Kurama gets a message from Yomi, the second of the three kings, who seems to have a childhood history with Kurama. Kurama and Yomi seem to be friends, and Yomi is like, we were friends. You should return to the demon world and hang out with me so that you can hear why I think that uh, I should be the king. Uh, Yomi is the one who thinks that they should eat humans because they have to. Uh, And then Hiei shows up and is like, I also got a message. And he got a message from the third king, Mukuro. Uh, Mukuro is wrapped up in bandages uh, to obscure their identity. I'm not sure if it's a he or she. Uh, Mukuro explains in the, uh, you know, video message to Hiei, that the reason I obscure my identity is because if everybody knows who I am, I can't move about freely. And he is like, huh, 
I vibe with that. <laughs> then uh, Mukuro is like, you're strong. I need strong people. Come work for me. And he is like, I'm going to go meet with him. And Kurama's like, you shouldn't because Mukuro sucks. And he is like, yeah, it's fine. I'm not allying with him. I'm just going to go meet with him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we've got our three heroes sp- splitting off in you know different directions that are going to put them against one another. And I think that's fun. Uh, I also think it's fun to see that prophecy immediately realized where you're like, okay, they're going to fight each other uh, and they're going to hate doing it, but they're going to do it and that's going to happen. And I I like that. And then, yeah, Yusuke goes and he spends some time with Keiko. They hang out for a little while and they have what I found to be a very effective scene Mm -hmm. in which Yusuke explains the situation to Keiko and she's like, are you going to go? And they just sit in silence for a little bit. And you're just like, she didn't ask him because she doesn't know the answer. She asked him because she wants him to tell her that he's going to go because they both fucking know it. And he doesn't answer right away because they both fucking know it and he can't bring himself to say it because he knows what this might mean for them. And he's like, instead of saying, yes, I'm going to go, they like loop around to her asking him, like, can you come back? Like, if you go to the demon world, are you going to actually be able to come back to this one? And he's like, I kind of don't know. And then eventually he's like, I think what happens is when they're at the river, he tells her that he's going to try and come back. Or no, she's like, oh, if you leave, you know, I start high school in, uh, you know, six months or whatever. And I'm going to this all girls school, but there's an all boys school across the street from it. And he's like, huh. And she's like, so whenever you come back, I'll introduce you to my boyfriend. And then she like starts to leave and he's like, don't break up with me. And she's like, bye. And it's, it's so interesting because it's not, it's a good scene because it's not them saying what they want to say. And it's not littered with internal dialogue, telling you what they wish they would say and saying something else, which would be totally effective. But I think it's so great here because you can see the conversation that they're having and the ways that they are talking around it. And the fact that he's not saying that he has to go. He's not saying that he doesn't want her to date somebody else. He's not saying how much this hurts him, but it is revealed in the ways that he's trying to be nonchalant about this. And she's the exact same way. And I think it's such an effective scene. And it also does a good job of showing you why they're a good match for each other because they communicate in similar ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Later on, he goes to eat at her family's restaurant, and he proposes to her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "But it turns I'm gonna out, come back from the demon world in exactly three years, and then we should get married." Yeah, and- <laughs> but her dad is there, and he's just like, "You've been doing this your whole life, knowing her." And he like smiles wryly at Yusuke, and Yusuke kind of smiles wryly back, and it's just like. Um, so Keiko sort of takes it like, you know, don't, you know, this is just you just being you. And at the end of it, he's just like, in three years, when I see you again, I'm going to marry you. Trust me on that. Yeah. And she's just like, well, you'll have to talk to my boyfriend about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like they establish it as something that he has said to her before, but they also make it clear through context, through music, through intonation, and not through them outright saying it, which again is really good work in these moments, that he means it in a different way this time. And I really like it. And I like the fact that she brushes it off 
And then she goes up to her room and she can't focus on what she was doing because she isn't putting up a front now because she's by herself and she can just sit with the emotions that she's really having and you see it and you see him leave and know that she's watching him and wave to her. And it's just really good. Also do not get married when you're 18. It's a bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bad, bad idea. If that person is right for you when you're 18, they're going to be right for you when you're 26. Just wait. (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I think, I think in the, the situation, where uh, you're somebody that uh, on the regular has to fight to the death. Um, maybe just live your life to the fucking fullest. <laughs> yeah, this is de- this is definitely a little bit getting married before going off to war. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like totally. <laughs> you know, and you know. For, and to be fair, for he's, every, he's not getting married before he goes off to war. He's saying, "Marry me when I get back from war." <laughs> yeah, which is worse, but. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, okay. Before we bounce out of these episodes, cause that's our, that's our whole coverage. I think that that's everything you have mentioned to me several times at the start of this episode, at the preview for last episode, that this is a shark jump moment. And based on these three episodes, I don't see it yet. Well, I would have said that the shark jump moment was when they introduced psychic powers in the la at the beginning of the last arc, but then they sort of reined it in and circled sort of they did a good job of wrapping it into the pre-established canon and then sort of moving forward with the story they wanted to tell. This feels like a very uh a very understandable setup for this show. Mm. And I can totally see based on how Hunter x Hunter shook out because again, it's the same author. Uh I can totally see a bed shitting in our future, but I don't see it based on these three episodes. So I'm kind of curious about where you're coming from. Well, uh, let's, let's look at the amount of episodes that are left of Yu Hakusho <laughs> real quick. So I don't actually know how many are Yu Yu Hakusho is, is not a super long anime. It is. Oh, um, we're almost done. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got, <laughs> It's we start at 98 next time, and we only have 112. Correct. It's 112 episodes. So you gotta shoehorn a fuck ton of shit inside of these last couple of episodes. And I yeah, am... We got, what, 14, 15 left? Yeah, and I am not convinced that the show was supposed to continue going. I... I don't know exactly what happened here. I'm I'm fascinated to find out the answer of like what happened behind the scenes to like continue writing or not writing what was happening inside of this world. Um but it it feels we'll get to it in these next couple of episodes. Um and there's going to be some things where you're like, "Oh, it's going to go this direction." And the setup of this seems epic. But be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. It does seem to be a manga adaptation. Uh, it seems to be it. So it's adapting manga volume 17 through 19, which are the last three volumes. Yes. And uh, yeah, there's not that many chapters either. I mean, that goes from chapter 149 to 175. Yep. Which that's just about 25, 26, 27 uh, chapters. Uh, that's not a lot of time to wrap this up. So it seems like this is true in the manga and the anime as well. I see what you're saying. That is, that does not inherently bode well. It seems to be setting up something that is too big to be resolved in that amount of time. And I would agree with you there. 
Well, you you're gonna also be if nobody's watched this show and you're gonna watch these episodes, uh, maybe maybe just uh, listen to our credits or something. Um, but uh, the way that it is going to spin the end um, is going to be one of those things where you expect one thing and he is going to Hunter X Hunter you out of that joy. <laughs> okay. So what we're saying is we're going to go into, uh, you know, 15 episodes of them electing the new leader of the team at Ross. Mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so have fun with that. Anyways, uh, see y'all Yay! next week and listen to our credits to find out what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a geek-centric website that covers all manners of topics from video games and anime to tabletop games, board games, comics, and more. If you're looking for a website to add to your daily rotation for some of the latest news, reviews, and overall takes on where geek culture is headed, make sure to bookmark thegeeklygrind.com and pay us a visit. I also wanted to thank you uh, for being a faithful listener to this podcast. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is a vital member of our podcast family, which also includes Knights of the World Table, which is a D&D audio drama podcast, The Ink and Paint Club, an animation podcast, Comic Book Keepers, which is a comic book podcast, and Geek Exploration, the podcast which is on general geek culture. We also have the Geekly Grind podcast, which provides audio renditions of our published articles, special guests, and more. Make sure to seek those out and listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes 49 through 51. Sometimes you just gotta throw some mud on somebody. You just gotta you just gotta surround them in a big ball of mud. And uh, that's how you defeat a Shadow Monster. Um, so oh. if you're wondering about that, uh, you have an answer. Uh, so if you're being Babadook this week, uh, ball of mud.